0: Hey folks, welcome to Close the Deal, a podcast designed for you, our valued dealers. I'm Jake Watson, your moderator, SVP of Marketing. We've got Rich and Max here with us today, fellas. Hello, everybody. Rich Texera, SVP of Sales.
1: I'm Max. Max Huberkamp, Director of Partnerships for the organization.
0: Awesome. And we're thrilled to have Matthew Potten's here, the co-founder of Create HVAC, as our guest today. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm I'm excited to be here. In our last episode, we spoke about how to sell financing in 2023. If you missed it, catch up on it. It's a good listen. This one, we're going to talk with Matthew about his expertise on scaling up and providing tips on how to grow your HVAC business. So let's just start with the obvious. Matthew, you can tell us a little bit about your company. You know, what was the impetus behind setting up Create HVAC?
2: Yeah, no, I'd be happy to. So, well, I've been in HVAC for a long time close to 14 years, which is a crazy thing to say and scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Soon I'm going to say 20 years, I'm going to Whoa. lose it. Yeah. But you know, a long time ago, I was at a trade show or I, I was actually a barbecue outside of a distributor's plant or whatever. Yeah. And this old man, he walked up to me, he was like 80 years old and he was asking me questions about the product I was showing. And I was confused because I was like, why is this older gentleman asking me about this product? And it turns out that he had like an installation coming up. I've always had this in my mind, like what's the best way to help the HVAC contractor? Mm-hmm. What's the best thing I can do to help this industry? And I started speaking with a friend of mine, Mark. We kind of put our heads together and said, you know what? We should just start a business management company and really dive into these companies, these owner-operated companies, and see how we can help and how we can scale up these companies, help them grow and help them you know, retire at a reasonable age and not break their backs for the next 50 years, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. That's really where that came from. Cool.
0: And Mark's co-founder, right?
2: Mark is co-founder, yeah. yeah.
0: And so, yeah, what does that look like today? What are you guys doing today?
2: So what we're trying to focus on is a smaller kind of contractor, owner, operator. Um, somewhere around the, let's say, 500,000 to a million mark where they can't just get over that hump. And mm-hmm. they're just flying by the sea of their pants every day. And they're working, you know, from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. And they're trying to satisfy all their orders and all their sales and their employees and, you know, their invoices and do all these different things like how do we put together a process for these guys mm-hmm. or girls yep. and make their lives easier cool the whole theme behind create hvac is how do we make the hvac owner's life a little bit easier and give his time back to mm-hmm. him so he doesn't have to work that 14 hour day he can work an eight hour day or seven hour day or whatever he's looking for
0: yeah very cool. Yeah, and Are so, you going
2: to give the secret
3: out here today?
2: or is I'll give record? a couple secrets. Not all good.
3: them. It's somewhat serendipitous because you know, I've been reading a lot of reports lately of just the the kind of outlook on the HVAC industry in terms of people coming in to fill roles in companies. There's a lot of people retiring over the next 10, 15, or, or now for the next 10 yeah. years. And I think to your point, Matt, because... This has been such a grind type of profession that a lot of people grew up in it and said, well, the last thing I want to do is put my kid into it and then have their kid do it. Like there's almost no succession planning for which then leaves that right. father or mother to just do nothing else but just keep the grind going. And this is a really good way to kind of get them, like, you know, I often say to my reps, it's like, get your head out of the ground, like, look up, mm-hmm. right? Like, when you run, you don't look at your feet, you look forward, right? right? And this almost seems like the same kind of concept of that. It's like, stop working in your business and work on your business and understand it.
2: Yeah, succession plan is a huge <laughs> issue in HVAC. Like I mentioned, there's, you know, older, much older people that are still working for a couple of reasons. Number one is they don't have the money to retire. And two is, like, they don't know what to do with their business. Right. Yeah. What do they do? How do you just stop working? and just shut your business down after 60 years of working. Mm -hmm. Well, part of what we want to do is focus on what the next step is for that business. Do you give it to one of your children? Do you give it to an investor? Do you give it to, and by give it, I mean sell it, so you can make some money. You can give it to me if you like. And how do you build value into the company?
1: I see two problems there. One is your kids growing up see that your dad was never home. Mm -hmm. So why would I want to go into this business? Mm I want to go and go work in an office and come home and see my kids. So mm-hmm. yeah. the succession planning is tough mm-hmm. in that sense. And then when you're trying to sell your business to a private equity or wherever, it's like you know how valuable your business is to you. But when right. they look at it and they look at the numbers, they're like,
0: "Yeah,
1: what, where's the value? Right. Is that something you guys try to train them to? Say, hey, like, you have to build some value for someone. If someone wants to buy your business, you can't just say, I got really good
2: customers. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... <laughs> Our customers are, we say, what's your value or how many customers you have? And they opened up their phone and they just scroll through all these names. <laughs> and it's awesome. like, you know, yeah. that's great. They, I have a thousand names in my <laughs> yeah. phone too. They're not yeah. all my customers, yeah. they're just people I know. Yeah. So how do you make sure that the value of that contact list that you have is actually input into that company right. and you can sell that
0: value? Yeah. Yeah, it's like institutionalized. Like how do you take that contact list and actually make it into something meaningful? Exactly. And I'm
1: getting ahead of myself, but does that mean you're consulting them on like CRM and how you should use one and why you should be using one? And are you talking to them about maintenance plans and building long-term value with your customers? Like a recurring or is there anything that you focus on specifically or...
2: Yeah, well, we're looking for monthly recurring revenue. Mm-hmm. So service plans, maintenance plans, warranty plans, whatever can build stickiness to that, con- to, that to that customer, mm-hmm. and you can have you know stick with that customer for really the lifespan of your business, and you're taking care of that customer. Once you have a service plan in place, that that one uh, customer of yours that has a service plan is like worth ten times their value right. of the service plan. So let's say you have a thousand service plans, right? That's how you build real equity in your right. company that's how you build real value. Right. So that's what we're looking to do and just uh, contractors don't necessarily think that way. They think, let me get this project. Let me finish this project. Let me move on to the next project. Right. That's really how we have to try and change their mindset.
0: So actually maybe I'll go to the succession piece because I, I hear you, but I also think it runs counterintuitive. So you've got this, father or mother or both. Family, you know, yeah, usually, yeah, this usually family, model. Yeah. Sure. Pop, usually yeah. mother, yeah. father. Working 40 years to build this business, right? And and to your point, you know, kids are looking at their parents and being like, oh my God, they're never around. But the idea is that they're building a business that ultimately will scale to a size that allows them to be around more, right? And, and when it's time for the kids to take over, in theory, you'd hope that the business would be there, right? So that the kids can actually step in and they're stepping into a business that's actually mature and gives them more freedom in theory, right? So is that something that you try and tackle with with some of these small businesses?
2: Yeah, you like the biggest fear, I guess, of you know, you have kids, you want to be around for those kids, yeah. And as a kid, you want those parents to be around for you. So right. if you're seeing a separation as a child going into that business, that's a fearful thing to do because right. you're gonna you're gonna recreate the same thing with your kids, right? You, right, so. This is again, this is like the whole theme of, of what we're trying to do is right. how do we focus on giving time back to the contractor, mm-hmm. the owner operator? How do we focus on making their life less stressful? How do we create a well-oiled machine so that when it's time for the Next their step. offspring to come mm-hmm. and take over, then A they want to take over and they're excited to take over. It's right. not just like forced upon them, right? right? Because once you force something upon them, yeah, yeah like that, that it's gonna fall apart right. real quick. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's move to what it looks like. So process today, if I'm Joe and Jill's HVAC, I'm coming to you, what does an actual engagement look like? If I'm a contractor or an HVAC owner, what does that process look like?
2: So first step is just a very frank conversation. Right. You know, what's your day-to-day like? Mm -hmm. What's your three-year plan? What's your five-year plan? And then if the conversation goes well, we move to, okay, let's take a look at some of the financials of your company. Mm -hmm. How is your company being run? What's your expenses? what are your cost of goods, who, how many employees you have, who are you paying? Are you paying yourself? Right. Are you paying, are you taking cash dividends instead of paying yourself? Have you built enough profit into your company to have, you know, rainy day funds? Mm-hmm. There's all these different things that go into your PL, your balance sheets, your income statements mm-hmm. that you need to really focus on. And I think because the days of an HVAC contract are so long, it's really impossible to get a hold of that stuff. Right. And then you have, you know, your accountants and your accountants, They do all this work and they kind of tell you what, how much taxes you're paying at the end of the year. Right. They're not building you a financial plan and doing a deep dive into the company. So that's really where we're starting. We're starting with a, with an analysis and assessment of the company. Mm -hmm. And then once we can figure out where you sit, then we start
0: building an actual business plan. Okay, cool. So it's customized to each.
2: It's customized to each. I mean, each of our characters are characters. Everybody's different. Every character is different. Every person is different, but companies Can relatively be the same. Yeah. So you can build a plan according to that person's character and that person's company. And you can say, hey, look, this is what we've done in the past and this is how we built it. You know, you might want to buy your Lamborghini, but just hold off a few years (laughs) because, you know, you're not ready for that. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're looking at.
0: Okay. So you go in, you do an assessment. So the recommendation is customized based on what you see. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then we, you know, then then you jump into things like marketing. Like, Mm -hmm. are they spending any money on marketing dollars? If they are, what's the return on their investment? Are Mm -hmm. they using Homestars? Yeah. So everyone uses Homestars and Homestars is great, but it costs a lot of money to be on Homestars. Right. So is it worth your investment? Are you getting it back? Right. Is it worth your investment to do Homestars? And when you're doing Google AdWords or Google Ads, Mm -hmm. are you advertising everywhere on Google? Right. Which keywords are you using? Mm -hmm. You know, what's. Are Are you you sticking to a specific area? Are you you tracking? tracking? Like, do you have any idea what's going on? We dove into a customer's financials and they're like, yeah, this is my marketing budget. And it was like $20,000. I'm like, what are you getting out of that $20,000? Well, I don't know.
0: <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? That's a lot of money. We got to gotta figure that out. That's a common marketing problem, by the way. It's not, you know, don't think that you're doing it wrong. I think there's like a phrase out there, a common saying that it's, I know I waste 50% of my marketing budget. I just don't know which 50%. And
2: we're talking about HVAC, but it's, it's all, you know, trades in general, right? right? It's not, this is the thing that they struggle with the most. They can install beautiful furnaces and boilers and build beautiful houses, but this is just not the skill
3: set. Right. You know, what I always find interesting with these, because I love the examples, right? Because to your point, right, you're meeting with someone who's spending 20000 Like, let's dive a little bit more into that. We talked about cost of goods, and we talked a little bit before about this, right? Like, procurement. procurement. Yeah, I would love to pull on that thread. Do you go to distribute? Do you go to a wholesale? Do you go direct to the dealer? I'm not saying that you'll give your advice on that right now, but like using that as an example of procurement, is that also that's something that a lot of the HVAC companies are working with miss the boat on or don't capitalize on?
2: Yeah, so like I said, I've been in HVAC for a while now. I used to work at a manufacturer's rep company, then I worked at a wholesaler at a distributor. And we would have contractors come in and just expect best pricing right away. And we would say, Well, no, you know, why would we give you the best? Why would we give you equal pricing to a five million dollar company? And the answer is, You don't have any specific business plan, you don't have any specific growth plan, right? So I was actually talking, I was at AHR and I was talking to a contractor and a contractor was like, yeah, I rolled into a so-and-so wholesaler and I said, here's what I'm going to do and give me the best pricing. And they walked me out the door. I'm like, well, of course they walked you out the door. Put something on paper, like show them specifically that you're very serious and this is where you're going to take the company. Don't just say, hey, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Right? So that's a huge issue,
3: procurement. And that's what I was actually hoping to back into. So what does that entail to because you know a business plan can be very wide right because the thing about hvac companies is you have wild peak seasons yeah that then could be impacted by weather so i would imagine toronto's had a pretty tough go at it since we basically have had a non-existent winter Mm -hmm. how do you factor all those things when you sit down is there a baseline to which they build a forecast off of if they're a brand new company
2: Yes, that's part of the analysis or the assessment. So we we go into the company, we look at their financials and we can break it down to how many projects did they do in like last year, 2022, how many did they do in 2021? How many did they do in 2020? And once you get the idea of how many projects they're doing and what the revenue and their profit on are on those projects, then we can start building out the plan of, hey, if we do this kind of marketing and we focus on this specific area, we can escalate our projects to whatever it's going to be. Right. And we take those numbers into the distributor and we say, hey, look. In the last three years, we've had this trend, this year because we're focusing on this specific thing, we're marking this specific way, we're going to start going, you can't see my hand, but it's going <laughs> in an upward motion. It is, I can <laughs>
3: confirm it is going yeah. in an upward direction. Yeah. So
2: that, that all comes with the analysis, the assessment. And speaking to seasonality, you're right, there's a huge issue with, you know, we install our heating equipment in the winter and we install our cooling equipment in the summer. But what happens in the off seasons? Well, that's where the monthly recurring revenue comes from. Mm. That's why you build in those service plans. So you don't have to fire people in March and April or hire people very, very quickly in September, October. You can keep people on board, pay them, pay your business, pay yourself
3: and move forward. Fascinating. I always talk to, you know, dealers. They're like, man, you know, I can tell you my year based on what my off season looks like. Because I know what my peak season looks like. The other thing I would have is like. Drop promotions, and I always had this view dropping promotions, not in peak season, but in off peak seasons, right? Like, why offer a promotion on an AC in the middle of when people need ACs, right? It, it yeah. just seemed to me counterintuitive. I'm sure there's logic behind it. Is there a strategy that you guys even go down to that level, or even like, hey, like create some sort of model around pre booking appointments and get people thinking about ACs now? I know. Yeah, we're going to date ourselves here. It's somewhere in February. Is there part of that strategy which is like, hey, let's sit down and talk about how we can maybe kind of lessen the peak but extend the ride of it or the, the rise and in, in, in fall of it, rise and rent, so to speak?
2: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I just wrote an article for H Pack Magazine coming out next issue. Check that out. All right. plug. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Basically, what it was is
2: how to better market your company, and that's that's kind of what you're talking about is like how to ride or not be cut short by the seasonality. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I wrote about was get into your community Facebook groups and just throw out like a quick discount, like in March, Hey, you know, get, get prepared, get ready for a tune up or in a August or a September, you know, Hey, you know, I'm, I live in your area, I'm an HVAC contractor. Here's a quick discount. If you guys are looking to start your seasoning or your tune ups a little bit early, hundred percent, right? That's yeah. how you kind of combat that stuff.
0: Cool. So are there some like, common strategies that you'd recommend to scale HVAC businesses?
2: Um, I mean, aside from monthly recurring revenue and just kind of doing a deep dive, one of the things that we're trying to implement is focusing on your specific geography. So yeah. where you live, don't branch out too far from that. Or where your office is, don't branch out too far. From ah, that. Cool. The reason being is because we're so used to chasing jobs mm-hmm. that we're going to run from Scarborough to Etobicoke to Barrie. To, we're going to go all over yeah. the place just to chase a job and try and get that revenue. Right. So we really want to focus on, just stick to your geography, mm-hmm. right? If you're in Scarborough, stay in Scarborough as best you can. Market goes back to your marketing dollars. Mm-hmm. Stick in Scarborough, dominate, own Scarborough, mm-hmm. and then move to the next area, move to the next area. And that's, you know, again, you get your time back. Mm-hmm. It's less stressful. You can pick up more work. Mm-hmm. And it's a different mentality than your competitors. Mm-hmm. It's also it's like more efficient too, right? Super efficient. Yeah. Less costs, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It all goes back to the original idea of, you know, doing a deep dive.
3: You know, in, in the space I was in before, Jake, you probably remember, there's a cost to roll that truck. Yeah. And that was always the kind of underlying guidance we had, whether it was how many pre-inspections you do to the installation. We wanted to minimize the rolling of those trucks because every yeah. time you do that, there's a cost occur to it. Right. You know, it's interesting. I'm assuming that the assumption of most of the businesses, or I assume the most of it is probably residential. Do you ever have any guidance to these HVAC dealers that may want to get in say residential new construction or even commercial? Or do you find those are like highly segmented aspects of the HVAC industry that maybe have its own strategy? Or
1: even supply? or even guys that want to go from HVAC to like hydronics, right? Because there's a lot of people who are like on the cusp there.
2: Yeah, jumping from like category to category within HVAC can 100% be done and that will expand your revenue stream mm-hmm. for sure, right? If you specialize in forced air and you want to move into hydronics, well now you have two potential categories that you can capitalize on. Going from replacement to new construction or vice versa, it's a little bit tougher because I think that new new construction is really locked in and I think it's a little bit harder to make margin on those projects. Yeah. So mm-hmm. with retrofit, it's more like You can get in you can do good work you can make your money your margin and then you can move on to the
0: next one Mm -hmm. service replacement service replacement service replacement and what are some common obstacles that hvac businesses face
2: well pricing projects is super complicated Right. right we we kind of just I, I speak like I'm an HVAC contractor. It's not me specifically, sure. but but I've been around it so much that I know pricing projects is hard. We kind of just do the rule of thumb. Well, I'm going to shoot 20% higher markup on that. Right. You know, my competitor is $100, I'll be 99, mm-hmm. right? I'll go down a dollar <laughs> instead of you know knowing what your value is and what you bring to the table mm-hmm. and and pricing based on that, right? Because right. you have to you have to bring in your you have to pay yourself, so you have to you have to compensate for what you're, you should be paid as an owner operator, and then part of mm-hmm. those pricing strategies and Here's where I bring financing in. It helps you, you know, produce reasonable pricing for projects and gives a homeowner a secondary option as opposed to just paying cash in total. Right. So when you walk into a project or a customer with options, options are a great thing Mm -hmm. because people look at options and they say, okay, this is a really high dollar. This is a low, reasonable monthly dollar. Mm -hmm. I can, I can, you know, the homeowner will then say, hopefully I'm going to lean towards that financing option. And so just that pricing calculator, having that in your back pocket and walking into those, those projects like that.
0: So, okay, so that's all fantastic. And then I think naturally the next question is, how do you see the HVAC industry evolving in the future? What are the trends that you think are gonna take shape and, and where do you think it's going?
2: HVAC's becoming really interesting on the technology side. Our equipment is, is advancing rapidly, our software is advancing rapidly, but with advancements in technology, comes increased pricing and equipment as well as just, you know, what's happening with our overall society and like with inflation. So huge advancements. You know, there's a lot of exciting things happening. We're starting to move to, you know, net zero or decarbonization in in an extreme way. But like I said, you know, with this new technology becomes uh, more expensive equipment. And that's, again, where the financing side of it comes in, because you're almost going to be forced to start installing heat pumps as a homeowner. And when that comes, it's gonna be really hard to pay for that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a, if you're a contractor, you want to get ahead of that. You want to get educated on the heat pump side or on the advanced technology side. You want to get educated again on the financing side. When a homeowner is forced to install those those advanced technologies, mm-hmm. those heat pumps, you can provide a, a cost
3: effective solution to them. Right. And, and for our audience who's not maybe in the HVAC space, when, when Matt says that, uh, and again in, in Canada, you know what we we anticipate will be a shift from natural gas-based um, systems, right? Would that be a fair assumption?
2: Well, yeah. So yep. in Vancouver, yep, For
3: you example. you can't
2: even install a natural gas product new construction in yeah. new construction. Yeah. right. Yep. Apparently, they're getting a little bit more lenient on it because they're realizing that their grid can't handle all the electrical demand or the capacity. Right? Yeah. yep. But you know, I think France is all electrical. Like, you can't install anything in any gas in France. So mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before this just happens everywhere, Mm -hmm. right? Whether we want it to happen or not, it's just gonna happen.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like I I think our position here is we're agnostic to it, but these are just real concerns that they're real things, whether it's your car or even your oven. I think that's a great point in terms of like where the business is moving to, right? Mm -hmm. technology and and the lesser carbon footprint. Amazing.
0: Is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to kind of get across today? Mm I would say
2: just like, the most important thing for me is to make sure that the contractor is successful right. and whatever that means whether it's hiring you know us or a team or having you know a friend just analyze your finances whatever it's going to be like let's just make them as successful as we can make them mm-hmm. so that's kind of where my passion lies and that's where our goals are
3: there's such a thinking opportunity mm-hmm. for a platform like this to get in and work with dealers cuz they they know what they're doing yeah. it's just like who doesn't need some rounding of the edges of on understanding like we're talking you know month like a concept like monthly recurring revenue right like we just we don't think that right that money just being a steady flow coming in or how to create a business plan to actually come up with a decent forecast that can now you didn't allow you to negotiate yeah a better pricing option from a distributor or wholesaler or to your point i love that example you know the part about a marketing budget you know, you waste 50 percent right. just don't like you know it's perfect we put money out there because there's narratives that we have to do this but no one's taking the time. It sounds like your organization is, Matt, where you're actually sitting down and providing the perspective. You're taking that and you're expanding it across so many platforms. I just think this is solid. Me too.
0: Thank you so much for doing what you're doing. And we couldn't recommend you guys more. So how can people find you? How can people find Create HVAC? So you can go to the Create HVAC website, which is cre 8
2: You can email me at Matt at CreateHVAC.com and you can check out my LinkedIn
0: page as well. Awesome. Well, Matt, thanks so much, man. We really appreciate you coming in and keep doing what you're doing. We'd love to have you back if you're willing. This has been a lot of fun. Folks, if you haven't read our industry-specific marketing insights report, you are missing out. The report is jam-packed with valuable information around the digital landscape. If you have any questions, if you haven't seen it yet, if you want to see it, please shoot me an email at jwatson at snapfinancial.com. If you have any feedback about today's episode or even suggestions for future episodes, don't hesitate to get in touch with me, Jay Watson at snapfinancial.com. Gentlemen, it's been a blast. Maiden yeah, Voyage, thank Matt, thank you. It's been great having you on the podcast. We really appreciate you coming in. Thanks, hey, Thanks. Cheers, Thanks. everybody.